songs. Hey everyone, welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover. And I'm Amanda Allen. Ah, classic. And then good. <laughs> this episode, we are joined by a lovely person. He is our friend from UCB. He's uh, he is a moth host, which is a very fancy, fancy title. Don't let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> Brian Finkelstein. Hello. Hello. I'm I it's it's not a fancy title. I am a host, not the host. There's many hosts. <laughs> um yeah, but you're like a storyteller extraordinaire. Yes. That's the way I like I'm to think about you. Storyteller. Yes, you are. You are <laughs> like I, I kind of feel like you are my storyteller guru. Cause you I remember taking a storytelling class from you long 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 time ago and I feel like all that I learned in my storytelling ways other than Harry Chapin comes from you so I'm, I'm gonna let you own that I learned from Harry Chapin as well yeah hey Brian yes now's the time in the show where we do this I have three children they're all boys four seven and nine what have you got Amanda Oh, I have um, I have a nine-year-old boy and then twin six-year-old girls. What you got, Brian? I have one boy who's a year and two months. Oh man! Oh, that's so nice. What a is he walking he? yet? I feel weird that we're saying the gender. I feel like we shouldn't be so gender-specific binary in 2020. So no, I you're Bruce. right. I have a kid named Bruce. <laughs> And he yeah, is walking, he walks, he runs, he, yeah. Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable with, with that stuff, too, and I feel that, uh, and I hear you. I just know as a as a mom of three boys, it um, gender very much, for me at least, informs my experience. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I saw you, well, we don't have to get into that. What? But I once saw you, we were at the Huntington Gardens. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, yes, I remember this because this is right before you had your baby. Yeah, and I was there with my wife and my cousin Jonah and his wife, Randy, who are, like, older. They're my father's cousin. And we were there, and they're very New York, artsy. They're in their, like, maybe their early 60s, maybe late 50s. And um, they're very New York, like, snobby in a good way. <laughs> they're, they're the best. They hate kids. They say they do. They say they don't, but they do. And yeah. uh, and we heard Betsy and Ari and the three boys just like we were just walking and it's the Huntington Gardens and it was super quiet. We just heard screaming and like <laughs> yelling, like, come here, get off that, stop that. If you one more, I gotta know. Um, and uh, my cousins kept looking over their shoulder and we we're like, all right. And they're like, they didn't say anything, but you could tell that they were annoyed. And then yeah. we looked over and was like, oh, Me we too. know those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, Brian, we tried to walk away and you guys kept saying like, hey, how's it going? And your kid, one of your boys was like on a ledge that was like over a ravine. Sure. <laughs> and I thought he was going to fall off and you guys were so cash. And I was like, oh, dude, what are we doing? Do we want kids? <laughs> Yeah, I got the sense that we um, we threw you into a bunch, uh, like a, a bit of um, like ambivalence about parenthood in that moment. 
Yeah, it was like this cartoon dust cloud. It, like, and it, we were in this calm, and it just like took us into this other world of chaos. Yes. Yeah. I we call it the Thunderdome. We live in we live in the Super Collider. Me and Ari and our three. So uh, yeah, I love that you heard us and <laughs> were annoyed by us before you even saw us because I we're feel like, like let's get away from that crazy family. And then you guys came up behind us. And we're like, we know them. <laughs> oh God, we know them. I mean, yep. we're the, yeah. I mean, there, there you go. That's why we had to make this podcast because uh, it's a shit show. It's a it's a it's a delightful waking nightmare. What Amanda? Mm-hmm. I was like, we're the disruptors of a beautiful garden's serene setting. <laughs> I should say people go to relax and look at things. Uh, Amanda, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm not good. No, it was I'm a not... shit day, huh? Yeah, I'm having I'm having like the. I mean, what? It's almost been a month, and we've been locked inside our houses together. Um, yeah, I think we figured it was 19 days today for us. What do you mean? It's been a month. Mm, I don't know. I think we. It's been it's been four weeks. Everybody oh, started on different days, so it's a whole. It's weird. Some people are in. Yeah, but Betsy, you also started like two weeks before everybody else. Um. So where's your 19 days coming from? I don't know. We we locked ourselves in essentially on March 12th. Oh yeah, I guess that is like a month. <gasps> what is time? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wake up and I go, "What day is it?" And I can't. I cannot figure it out. Like, I'm just. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting so much to do like extra um, podcasts and you know, like <laughs> like live shows for our listeners because I know everyone needs it and needs like something fun to watch and something you know to they they need us maybe to make them feel like normal because i know everything is a shit show and it homeschooling is a nightmare and no one being able to leave the house and stuff with like kids literally bouncing off the walls and stuff um and i have to say i've been i've been wanting to do that but it's so hard because i'm amanda i'm just like so fucking like no, it's exhausting and bummed out. Like, ugh. Uh, so I, uh, I am, I, I go back and forth between I'm failing and I'm failing. Like, uh-huh. there's no, there's nothing else. Like, I don't have moments where I'm like, "Oh, really nailed that." Like, yeah. everything just kind of falls flat, and, uh joy <laughs> just comes through one like Steve Winwood song mm-hmm. and then just dissipates as it ends. Speaking and of which, there's a new season <laughs> of uh Nailed It on Netflix. I hope everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. And uh and and Lego Masters is really good and it's good to watch with your kids. And, yeah. Um and there's So there's just like moments where you're like, "Oh, there's that." Like, "Thank you, Nicole Byer." Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um but um it's been tough. Yeah. You guys are depressing. We, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. A little we, bit. We're not usually uh, depressing, I think, but, but I think it's kind of dark right now. We just got, so we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Because we can't go anywhere and do anything. So let's order all of the lawn games. What, oh. what's a, so we got croquet, which is stupid. 
That's a stupid thing to do. <laughs> Why? And I learned it as my kids opened up the package of croquet because it's like just mallets. And I gave six-year-olds mallets who are angry and have been Pent stuck up. indoors for date, weeks, months. And they saw mallets and they were like, this is fucking great. And they were like, it's on. And so they were <laughs> running around my house just trying to hit each other with wooden mallets. That's what my afternoon was. And I was like, no, go outside. And they were like, well, how do we even play this game? And I was like, I don't know. I only know it from Alice in Wonderland. I don't fucking know what this game is, but we ordered it because it's the only thing that's not sold out on Amazon. <laughs> I know why it's not sold out on Amazon. It's because it's dangerous. Yeah, It's dangerous because... Children should not play croquet. And I learned that today. That's what happened today. And that's what, like, I would like to get a, I'm, I'm okay with getting a trampoline. Before all this, I would never be a parent with a trampoline right. because my kids would break their arms. Right. But I can't even get a trampoline because they're all sold out. But at least so, they would break their own arms and not their siblings' arms. I'm sorry if I sound like I'm screaming. It's just i haven't talked to another human being in like a week so yeah. oh brian Sorry. i would say on a good day our show is a bit of a primal scream so uh <laughs> i apologize for uh we're all coming in hot we're coming a little hot croquet you should have just had one mm. i agree it's i agree it's, brian it's all flowers and roses over here you know what and i did it right with the first one and then i yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I'm just kidding. One would I'm been... just kidding. You should have as many as you want. No, 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 no. One is good. So many people come on our show and they're like, one's good. And yeah. every time Betsy and I are like, you are right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Way to be smart. <laughs> we love we love them. I mean, I love my girls. Don't get me wrong. But man. You just said you haven't what? talked to a human being. You don't even consider your kids humans. No, mm. I don't. No, I don't. No, nope, they're animals, I don't. Brian. They're animals. There. Uh-huh. I don't. Not at this point. Oh, I don't. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> they're very Four, mean. 14 months is a good age. It is. I feel like you are still in the, what is it, halcyon? The halcyon days of sort of babyhood. It's a okay. tough spot, too, though. Like, how yeah. is Bruce, does Bruce sleep? He, we're very lucky. I mean, we're not lucky because we're lucky with Bruce. We're very lucky because he, since he, he slept through the night at like, I think the two and a half months. Oh, nice. Um, He sleeps from seven to six. Hell yeah. That's great. Um, But right now we just, I don't know why we decided this during a pandemic when we can't go out and it's raining in LA for two months, two weeks yeah. is insane. But it's a uh, he. We decided tonight that we have to stop doing the pacifier. Oh. And I don't know why we should we should have waited, but our doctor said we should do it at a year. <laughs> and we do yeah. everything when they say uh, we. Yes. Um, he's he he's you know adopted, so we did formula, and he. Um, we stopped that at exactly a year. We did the sleep training at two and a half months when they said to do it, and it worked. And uh, but we kept the pacifier for an extra two months. And tonight we decided to stop it. And so he's he was screaming. So that's a little rough. But oh, that's tough. But I think I it'll just be a day or two, and then he'll be fine. 
You guys are good students. I I mean, I was too. I I mean, sometimes that's all you got. If somebody tells you how to do it, then you do it, you know? I feel like I'm a kid. I'm always like, "Mm, okay, well, we'll see about that. And then, you know. The way our doctor told us was, you know, the thing is with sleep is like they they wake up because they're hungry. And they're always going to wake up hungry, whether it's whether you do it at two years or six months or two months. So why not just do Mm -hmm. it earlier and let them get over it then? And then you get to sleep. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But I I also know it doesn't work for everybody. Like, like we just know we're lucky. And sometimes we're not with lucky with stuff. But it's like every kid's different. You know, it's like everything. I'm sure you guys, everybody feels like they have advice. And it's like, yeah, for your kid, that works. It didn't work for our kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My first... A kid who's nine now is so spirited. And I, when he was younger, especially, I would read these, uh, you know, online articles about behavior. And I just remember being like, he would never like respond to the things that they are writing about. Like it would be the just, it's a non-starter. Yeah. Different kids are different. When, when I brought the girls home, they were, uh, I rem- so the girls were, um, premature and, when we came home, they were like, here is what you need to do with them, which was very different from what it was like when Wes, when I had Wes with him, it was kind of like, I just was handed a kid and they were like, this is figure it out. Read the right, read what book works for you. Um, <laughs> and of course, Wes was like, hello, mommy, everything yeah. is fine. Um, yeah. I'll handle it. <laughs> he was good. Uh, but, uh, it was similar in that they were like, this is what you need to do with them. And we followed whatever they said and it worked. And I was thankful to have someone at least kind of help me with that because I didn't have that with Wes and he cried and never slept. When it started for us, because we adopted Bruce. And so we had an adoption fall through the last minute. So we, we were, we met this woman and for two months we were flying to the Midwest to meet her FaceTiming uh, and had a birth plan and we're going to go to the hospital and had lawyers and psychologists and social workers and lots of money and lots of expectations. And then the, 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 then one day I went online and saw on Facebook that she had given birth uh, and she's like, welcome the new member of family. So we were like, Oh, so Jean and I who had already you know, gone through a couple of miscarriages and failed IVFs, three failed IVFs and five miscarriages. We were like crying and like, that's it. We're too old. We're not going to do this. It already, that already took two years. The adoption process that fell through was a two year process. So we, we were like devastated. And then we got a call like two days later saying like, Hey, this never happens, but there's this baby 20 minutes from you guys just born. Can you get to the hospital? So we drove to the hospital and like, we're there for two hours and they're like, go to Target and get a car seat. We're like, what today? So we, so when we did bring Bruce home, we didn't, there was no, like, we had no, we we weren't planning. Like we, like we were planning on it, this other baby, but then we weren't planning on it. And all of a sudden we had a baby and it was very sudden and very like, what do we do? So we didn't know until we went to the doctor. So then I think maybe because of that, when the doctor started telling us, we're like, okay, somebody telling us we'll do it. That makes a ton of sense. They were like a beacon of sort of knowledge. Oh, yeah, because wow. we brought a baby home on a day we weren't supposed to be bringing a baby, like that we had already like put everything away, and we're like, okay, we're not having a baby. Right. 
Wow. I should say that your wife, um, she used to blog about her experience uh, with trying to get pregnant. And I have to say, she's one of my favorite. You are one of my favorite storytellers. Harry Chapin is one of my favorite storytellers, but your <laughs> wife is also Can we one of my name? favorite. Is that okay? You can say her name. Jean Villapie. Yeah. Yeah. She's she, amazing. I also have read uh, some of her essays and blog posts and they are what a writer. beautiful. If you are someone listening who has uh, struggled with uh, infertility, IVF, adoption, she does she write about adoption in there as well, Brian? She has. She's she's. Well, she wrote a movie about IVF called IVFing, which is a short nice. that she did. Uh, and I did. A, I'm doing a mouth story about adoption, but I, she's she's she hasn't been able to process the adoption thing to write it yet. It's also yeah because yeah. since then she's been working and we have a baby, so it's like there's not a lot of time <laughs> to write. <laughs> yeah, no, they do that. They they like to do that. Those babies. <laughs> Yeah, they, they mess with no, your plans. She's amazing. I love her voice. I love how she writes. Yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. She always she writes so much faster than I do. So it's like she would go write a blog post, and I'd be like, oh, okay, that that'll be sweet and sort of bad grammar and not good prose, and just kind of like getting <laughs> you know just throwing up your thoughts because she did it like in five minutes, and I'd read it, and I'd be like, oh, fuck you, that's really good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And she's so she's so sweet. You can't even say fuck you because she just comes by it honest. That's a brand. She's not. That's she's selling that shit. She's oh, right. Good. Good to know. Good to know. She's fucking evil under that. No, Great. she's very. You heard it she's here. No, Jean Villapique is amazing, and so are you, Brian. Um, that's crazy that you. Oh, you found out on Facebook. What a wow. what a. I mean, it's really complicated, and I I, kind of want to respect her privacy, so I can't say too much, but it was, there was a lot to it. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of issues she had and legal stuff and uh, court cases. And when it it happened, though, it was, I mean, you know, you're not, it's her choice, but it's also like, it was, yeah, it was devastating. It was, it was the worst only because it had been such a long process to begin with. And we had the adoption, they told us a year and a half and it had taken two years. So we, we had already thought adoption was over. Then the last minute this, we got picked by this woman and then we have this two month courtship and friendship and it's very awkward. And, and then when mm-hmm. she canceled, it was just like, and, and a friend of ours had thrown an online shower a couple of days before. So we had all these Amazon boxes of like changing tables and cribs and all this stuff. So now we're putting it away and then I'm pulling it out three days later, looking for diapers because we have this baby. It was, fucking wow. that fast? It was so fast wow. and Jean, it was so fast that Jean had to go to work the next day. So for the first, like that was at five o'clock. We, we left, to the hospital in the morning and I came, we came home before the sun came down with a baby. Wow. And then the wow. next day Jean went to work and I was like Googling how to change a diaper. Wow. And, um, and also like the cutest baby. Oh my God. He's pretty, <laughs> he's pretty amazing. And he's, like I said, he's a good eater. He's, he's a good sleeper. He's so sweet. He's very, very cute. He's, I mean, we, he has the best hair I've ever seen on a human being. Oh my being. god, I his hair! 
What, how do you describe that to someone who hasn't seen his hair? How would you describe that I would texture? Say like, I would say like Morrissey without the political commentary. Like he's, he's got the beautiful hair of Morrissey. Um, it's so like it's so fluffy. Like it reminds me of like almost like um you know how like big you know how Big Bird on the top had those like those feathers that kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like his hair it moves kind of like that. Like it's it's sort of stands up but it's it moves with the breeze. Uh, it's glorious. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah, he's pretty great. One day he's going to win fucking hair contests. But it's like you said, he's also in that sweet spot of he's he can say a few words, he cuddles, he smiles, he needs us for everything. Like we know what's coming. We're not naive, so we're enjoying it. Well, also with only children, I feel like sometimes it can be different. The experience you might, yeah. you might look out, you know, uh, that's a little hard now do. during this pandemic. I I'm jealous of the people with siblings just because I feel like he has yeah. no social interaction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, my four year old will not leave me alone. Actually. The, in fact, that's what kind of what I was going to talk about. Uh, I might as well talk about it now. Um, so the thing that's been breaking me <clears throat> is the um, is finding the balance between working and looking for work because um, because my husband and I both lost our jobs. So we oh, are yeah. all of a sudden unemployed, but still have bills uh, and three kids that we are now homeschooling. But so I want so much to be like present and um enjoying this time and um you know really doubling down on on that sort of quality time that we have and um and enjoying stuff like you know playing board games as a family and watching movies together and stuff but i find myself also constantly especially with our four-year-old being like um i just can't right now or like can you just go um like like ask daddy uh and i'll like text ari and be like can you call odie downstairs because i i just i find myself trying to do things and uh and he's always at my side and he's always talking and he always wants to show me something and he always wants to do something and so then i'm also like racked with guilt because i'm not just like i'll drop everything and do it because it's so hard it's so hard for me with uh, with three boys at home, but then also a husband with ADHD, um, to focus and to like sort sort of see any thought or action from beginning to middle to end. So um, so yeah, I'm really having trouble finding a balance, and and I find myself feeling really uh, guilty all the time that I'm either not working enough or not looking for work hard enough, uh, and but also I'm not like parenting enough on, you know, um, I'm not enough like hands-on or I'm not listening to them enough. So, yeah, I, I hear what you were saying earlier, Amanda, like, I, I think that's my sort of my theme this week is I just feel like I am not enough and kind of failing. And like you said, also, Amanda, just like on a scale of failing to failing, it's just like, Oh, am I failing or am I like super failing? Like, mm -hmm. am I, Am I, you know, doing work on my phone while we watch Harry Potter and I pretend to be like 
here? Or am I like shutting myself in a room all day and just trying to get my, my head about me? So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, oh, I mean, I'm struggling with the same kind of thing. I feel like, uh, uh, I'm, I, I keep posting about this stuff, but we're all experiencing a collective trauma, right? Like there's, it's, there's a giant trauma that's occurring and the way we're processing it is very different. And, uh, but ultimately, uh, it's shifting the way we see things. It's, we're all going into isolation. Some people are being affected because their family members are sick or passing and they can't be there. Um, or we're feeling the, um, the feeling of like, I shouldn't complain because I'm not sick. So I should feel lucky right? because I'm locked at home. Um, no one, no one who's close to me is dying. Yeah. Right. So there's comparative suffering. And so like, but ultimately we're all kind of going through something that's, uh, scary, interesting, and terrible all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're suffering from loss of our prior lives. Yeah. Right. So uh, I was just listening to a lot of people talk about, whatever when i get into i like my podcasts if i do listen to them it's usually what are you listening to podcasts amanda i didn't think you amanda you don't (laughs) listen to podcasts what are you talking about if i do it's usually a psychologist or somebody that likes to think about that stuff so i was listening to one recently and they were talking about grieving and i've been doing a lot of reading about how collectively we're grieving the prior life that we've had Mm. And that we've lost that. <gasps> it's like and, parenthood in the most big, like right. mega way. <laughs> right. Which is what we talk about all the time on the show is like, once you have a child, you don't realize like how much your life shifts and changes. You don't realize that like the loss of your, of your previous former life, self. your former self is part of what brings this new person comes in and it's exciting and wonderful, but who you are changes so very much. Like you don't realize how much it's going to change. And that's kind of what's happening right now. We're all lost in this time and we can't do simple things like hug our friend or go get coffee down the street or walk around without a mask. And (laughs) none of us were prepared for these things. And um, I'm making light of it, but ultimately it does affect us deeply. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what a fucking and bizarre time to be alive, you guys. It's very bizarre. And uh, what I'm struggling with, like my big thing this week is I'm trapped and I can't process it because I have to be stoic for my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to be honest and authentic with them and talk about my feelings and let them have theirs. But deep down inside, I am tired mm-hmm. and I'm done. And I want to run away and I want to cry and I want to tantrum and I want to break down and stop doing this and I miss my friends and I miss my life and I miss what I had and I get sad yeah and I have to instead be like trolls 2 just came out (laughs) our sponsor this week is Bombas Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet that is quite a claim 
but I have to say, Amanda and I agree. They have a really great product. They've literally rethought every little detail of socks that we wear to make them way more comfortable. My favorite Bombas are the little slipper socks. They're cotton. They fit great. They're not too tight. They're not too loose. And because they're cotton, they feel really good. But these socks do more than just keep your feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks that you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash WMD. That's bombas, like we're the bomb, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash W-M-D for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash W-M-D. Get cozy. This episode is brought to you by EveryPlate. EveryPlate dinners are the cheaper alternative to takeout or delivery. You get meals that you and your family will enjoy and your bank account will love delivered right to your door. Their recipes come together in about 30 minutes and they're easy to follow recipes and pre-portioned ingredients take the stress out of planning and making dinner and instead of shopping and prepping and planning, then you have time to spend with your family. The best thing about EveryPlate, outside of delicious dinner, is that each meal is the same price as like a cup of coffee. That's pretty amazing. I loved everything that they sent me, but I especially loved the crispy ranch pork chops with roasted broccoli, oven fries, and zesty dipping sauce. Oh my gosh! I usually don't love pork chops because they're dry and they're, they don't have a lot of flavor, but these were moist and flavorful. They were so delicious. And the instructions and the recipe were really easy to follow. Plus, even at regular price, every plate is up to 58% cheaper than any other major meal kits out there. And you know there are a ton, but you can really depend on these to be delicious, easy, fast, and they won't break the bank. So to learn more and sign up, visit everyplate.com. That's everyplate.com. So Brian, tell us, uh, what has broken you? We are dying to know. I mean, I was broken way before Bruce came along. Uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I guess right now, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't, when, when I first, you know, we had neighbors before we moved uh, and they had a, they were younger. The guy was, they were maybe 15 years younger than me, but they had a baby and they were, they became our really good friends and they, um, he told me that there was a night where he woke up and he's like a super chill hipstery. Like he worked in a microbrewery and she's a graphic designer and he bakes bread in his garage. Like they, they could not be more the opposite. I mean, Gene, but they're, they're beautiful, great people. And, um, he's so even keel. And so he only wears gray. He never has like, he, I'm not joking. He, his clothes are only, he, he can only wear gray shoes, socks, pants, shorts, he has nothing of color or white or black. It's all gray. And uh, he's just, and that's his personality. He's just like super chill. But he said he had a night where the kid was crying and waking up at night. And it was like 
three in the morning and he just had to get his wife and say like, I can't, I can't do this. I need to leave now. And she took the kid and said, I, I get it. And he like went for a ride. And he's like, I just didn't know what was happening. Mm. And I keep waiting for that experience and I haven't had it yet. Like I keep thinking like, oh, this is it. But I've been, I don't know. He, I feel like I should say, no, this is what the podcast is, but I don't, I don't know that I've been broken. I've been very even keeled and very like, I also have, he's only 14 months old. And in that time I have not worked much. I have not needed to work. I have not had many responsibilities. I don't have many social interactions. Gene works a lot. And I am a primary, like stay at home dad. And I, I don't know. I haven't, I don't feel broken yet. I'm sorry. That's good. That's good. Don't apologize. <laughs> This pandemic's going to kill me, though. The, the, <laughs> well, with him, because it is hard to be in a house with him. And he is in that stage of like, oh, there's a game where he'll hide behind the couch. And we go, where's Bruce? And then he starts to laugh and he runs to the curtains. And oh. we sniff until we find him. And he loses his fucking mind. And it's, so cute, <laughs> and it's great. And it's wonderful. Twice. <laughs> like he wants it over and over and you want to give it to him because he's the best and his smile is like you know gold but it's like yeah. i can't i can't like that but that's not being broken that's just being slightly annoyed yes <laughs> <laughs> that's lovely that's beautiful i I know mm. that sometimes with our friends who have come to parenthood after sort of walking a very long and treacherous road to get there. I know that sometimes, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to speak for anyone. No, I think that's fair. I, think that's fair. I mean, we, we, we were trying for years. We had five miscarriages. Like I said, three failed IVFs, um, one failed adoption, a total of seven or eight years. It was like our lives for so long, like this baby quest to the point where, there's points where I'm like, do we even want, like, I, like, what are we doing? Like, we're yeah. just chasing this like quest the way you do like careers because you're like, because so-and-so on Facebook has it like, you know what I mean? Or something like, are we, are we, is this FOMO babying? Like, what are we doing? And then, yeah. but we did, but we didn't want it to identify us. We were like, Oh, if we don't, we'll be fine. We'll travel and we'll go see movies and we'll like give other kids like people's friends of ours, kids, we'll give them finger paints and noisy toys and be those asshole people. But like, <laughs> but it, that kind of broke us, but it, but, but we kept going. And I think like, I, I think because of that, like you were saying, but also because I'm older, you know, I'm not, you know, 20, I'm old. And so it's like, I think those two things I'm patient. I've watched, you know, there's a, there was a night where Bruce had a fever and we almost took him to the hospital and it was right after his shots and he, he had a hundred and two or three, whatever it was. And he was, we gave him some Tylenol and he threw it up and it was his foam. And, and so Gene and I were freaking out. He, he was, we started to go to the hospital. I was like, nope, you know what? These are the stories you hear about. We don't need to go to New York. We don't need to like get him in an unhealthy place. We just need to get him home, put some cold cloths on him. He'll like, I think because we're older it helps us to be a little more chill. We don't like yeah. when he cries because we didn't give him the pacifier tonight, instead of like losing our minds, we're like, well, he'll cry for a half hour. It's hard to hear, but you know what? I know he's going to be okay. I've seen this happen. Like, I think, I think our age and the long road have made us a little more chill because I don't know. I, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, on the one hand, I can't imagine 
doing this at my age because getting up early is insane. But on the other hand, I can't imagine doing it when I was 20 because I couldn't, I mean, I was so irresponsible and so out of control. I can't imagine having a kid. Yeah, I think that too. I'm like, oh, if only I had done this when I was younger because I'm so fucking tired. But then uh, but then I'm like, oh, my God, if I had done this when I was younger, I would have ruined these people. I was I such an idiot. I, I would have killed 10 babies. I would have killed a baby when I was 20. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, I think there is something to how, how treacherous this road was, this journey was to parenthood and how sort of now that you are here, there's a certain amount of like, you, you know, like we fought for this. Uh, we we kind of knew what we were getting into. Like, does that give you, I, I don't know. I just know from people that I've talked to outside of you, um, I've heard that. And I've also heard from people who have had a similar kind of, um, uh, you know, journey to parenthood that sometimes when they do have those those moments where they are breaking or when they're they're having trouble sort of seeing the positive of having a kid that sometimes they take those moments really hard because they feel like, well, I worked so hard for for this. I can't believe sure. not every moment is being cherished by me. Does that make sense? No, I think there are those moments. I think that's fair. I think we do have moments of like, I mean, there's two things. There's with the adoption, there's this responsibility of this woman made this incredibly yeah. hard choice, this incredibly hard choice. And so if we do anything wrong, we're not honoring her love of this kid so much that she thought we could do the best. So if we don't do the best, we're letting her down. You know what I mean? But then there's yeah. also the, the the thing of like, we wanted this for so long. We shouldn't be annoyed that he's doing this right now, you know? Right. But, exactly. But the other side of the coin is the other thing you were saying too, which is, you know, if he wakes up at five 30 right now, my life is a little busy. I have been working a little bit recently and Jean's life is still busy. So these before the pandemic, the fatigue was really hard, but we still at five 30, when he cries, we often fight to see who gets to get him. Like, because we both want to see him and we know if we both go in there, it'll be too much for him, but we both can't believe we get to see him every morning that we rush to get in there. And, and you know, then of course I'm like, I need coffee bye. but like, it's, it's that, that's still kind of cool. That's very cool. Oh my God, Brian, you, that made me cry. That's beautiful. But that's because we have one. If I had two, I would fucking sleep in. <laughs> right. You're not at that point where you're like, these fucking kids. Yeah, that's a whole other game. <laughs> Are you still, um, what is your relationship with the birth mother? Is Do you have an open adoption or is it a closed adoption? Well, the way we did it was an open adoption, but this was very specific because this woman didn't necessarily want that. Um, mm -hmm. we're hoping that she does down the road. I think, um, yeah, we're not, we're not sure where that is. And we're trying to not say too much publicly because that's her choice. And we don't want to like, right now it's like, we haven't, um, we haven't had, we haven't met her. Yeah. Oh, and you haven't we, met her. No. And we don't know when, and if we will, and we hope, we hope so for Bruce's sake and for our sake and for her sake, yeah. and uh, would love to have her in all of our lives in some way. But uh, 
we, you know, that's an unknown at this point. Amanda, it's so interesting. We, I think we've only had one other um, guest who is a parent uh, who adopted, right? It was Rory O'Malley. Rory O'Malley was our guest. He's um, a Broadway star. And uh, he, uh, yeah, hello. Um, but it's interesting. He had a, he has a very similar um, adoption story um, to yours. Um, it's, it's interesting that it, that it's so commonplace that like it, it happened to, uh, you know, a, a high school friend of mine, just like, ugh, like people just are constantly, yeah. It, it seems like adoption is a. Well, it's a tricky really thing. Your, there's a lot of emotion, yeah. you know, and there's a lot yeah. of stuff. I think um, it's important to talk about and to hear about because there's a lot of people who are um, experiencing it. And for those who don't go through it, to understand the heartache and the hope and the work that goes into adoption. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy. Well, I'll say this. There's a lot of people I know who helped us a lot of, you know, it's like, it's same with miscarriages. You know, I did a, a solo yeah. show about miscarriage because I was doing a solo show about something else and in the middle of it. Gene had a miscarriage. And so I made the show about that and I did a UCB and thought like, well, this is at UCB of all places. This is going to be so stupid because it's like, like, Everyone's like I don't want to have a baby. What? Yeah. It's like, they're not going to. And I have to say so many people came up to me after that show and was like, Oh God, we had this happen. And people I know it's the same with every show I've ever done, like from suicide to on. And it's like, this is like this closeted society of people. And I'm like, well, I wish you guys would talk about it, especially with the miscarriages, because I was like, we didn't even know if we should go to the hospital. We were so in the dark about it, and we had no idea how to handle it, and it was bad, and it was dangerous, and it was a, the first one was a really horrible Jacob's Ladder sort of doctor hospital experience that was just wretched. I don't know how Gene fucking functions, but it, it was terrible. And the same with the adoption, but so many people came up to us when we started thinking about adoption and found out and so many people we know have adopted and so many people in our community and, and comedians and actors and other friends of ours in other communities. And so the same I'll say to, you know, if people ever want to contact me, they can, cause I feel like, yeah, you got to ask and you got to talk about this stuff cause it's hard enough. You shouldn't be doing it in the dark, but there's also right. there's great like websites and great, like we went to some like weird seminars where people talked about it and there's a lot of good help and, you know, and then you become this person who has this whole other vocabulary and you're in this community. And you're like, <laughs> I don't want to fucking have another world of friends, but <laughs> so be it. It's hard when you have that, that body of knowledge and you're like, please, someone ask me questions. I, <laughs> I have all this knowledge. It's atrophying. Well, yeah, it's, Brian, like you're like, it's like you're, when your parents are like some old person who has like a tumor and they like, now you know about the tumors and you, right. you can't do anything with it. <laughs> I mean, well, people you, have tumors too. Sorry. Since you had, uh, since you didn't have a story about being broken by um, uh, parenthood, you know, if you felt comfortable, if you wanted to talk about your experience with IVF or um, miscarriage, I know that a lot of the people listening to our show would very much, I, I think, uh, appreciate hearing someone uh, talk about it because um, we haven't had a ton of. People talk about it on our show, have we, Amanda? Mm -hmm. no. no, but I know that it's a thing that, like you said, like I would say a majority of people I know have 
experienced that, and yet it's really not part of the conversation. Well, I would say that 25% of people who are pregnant, and 25% of pregnancies end in miscarriages, that's a quarter, that's a lot. So yeah. if you're pregnant, you have to have, when you're getting those books and you're coming up with your plan, have that plan too, because that is likely to be a possibility. And so you have to emotionally, but also practically prepare for that with knowing your insurance, knowing hospitals, knowing where to go, knowing, you know, a lot of people don't see doctors until the first, you know, this, the, the, the three month period when they finally like go in to see a doctor. And so they don't have that doctor. They don't. And then those doctors don't do that. And wait, what, what do you mean? Well, like know what the terms are, know what, know what a miscarriage is, know what like a, a DNC is and, and, uh, and what, you know, how they call it a, uh, an abortion when you're doing that. And they use terms that are very jarring for people, not necessarily Gene and I, because we're not religious, but for other people that might be hard yes. to reconcile with. And like all that stuff should be something you know about and read about. And so just do the research on that, even though it feels dark and maybe like you don't want to like, you know, you're trying to wish fulfillment secret, but just read it as information and hopefully you don't have to deal with it. But as far as us, I would say the darkest moment was the IVF where we went to the IVF and they had, um, you know, the, the way it works is you, you know, they take out, uh, eggs and then they, you know, it's well for us. I mean, I guess it's different depending on the, the, the couples, but, um, you know, you fucking masturbate into a Dixie cup, <laughs> they retrieve the woman's <laughs> egg, mix it up in a blender. They make, uh, embryos where they call them blastocysts until they, until they become embryos. And then they implant them in the woman if they're healthy. And there's so many that they can get, there's so many viable, blah, blah, blah. And we didn't have any viable the first couple of times. And the third time they did, and they called us in and we went in and, uh, you know, Jean went in a room and then, you know, she got undressed. She got it's basically an OR where they were going to implant, uh, the blastocysts, the embryos. Um, and when they went to go do it, they said, no, we made a mistake. There are no viable. And to be in that vulnerable state and to be prepared for that, both of us, you know, specifically her, of course it's harder, but the, the stuff like that, that happens is like that. I really thought that was the end of us trying to have a baby, but also I thought it was just the end of us and I was just, it was such a dark moment of mm-hmm. trust. You know, I have a hard time. I'm a very cynical person. And so, like, it was very expensive. And it just feels like, I feel like IVF is a a, a scam in general. I, I've spent a lot of time researching and talking to a lot of people. And it works for some people, but a lot of people it doesn't. And most people it doesn't. And they'll tell you that right off the bat. But then they kind of, like, hide that from you a little bit throughout. Mm-hmm. And they just take that, a lot of money and... It's not, a, it's not for everybody and it doesn't fix everything and it doesn't, there's certain things it's good for and certain things it's not, but they don't really care to, I don't know. Right. And they make I it, not, I, I really feel like it, story, but yeah. they make it sound like it's kind of like a quick fix, like, oh, IVF. But I feel like what you don't see is all of the hormones and the shots and like a friend of mine that we all know did IVF and she almost died uh, because of some, I don't know, fucked up thing with a pregnancy. I don't even know what it was, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really invasive and it's hard. And to, yeah. 
and it's just there's just no there's just no um, compassion or you I mean, you know it's like doctors in general can't be you know as we're dealing with this pandemic but like they they have they have to try to shut off their emotions to deal with but in that specific field it seems like there should be a little more compassion and um, yeah human aspect to it and there in our experience there wasn't oh that's a bummer oh, yeah it was really so clinical and very it was very bad and also they were yeah it's just bad i don't know that 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 yeah. whole process almost broke both of us i don't know i think yeah i mean it seems so silly now because now we have bruce and we're like all those people who say like you have the kids you, it's like who that stuff seems so far to me like almost to the point where i don't want to keep talking about it because i'm like i i don't want that to be his story that's not his story all right yeah i get it but it's your story yeah sure hard yeah um yeah well good good times (laughs) (laughs) brian you are doing a great job you don't know I'm that. I do. I do. <laughs> I follow you your kid on. No empirical proof of that. I follow like your me. kid on social media. It's like I know him. <laughs> Fair enough. Call back. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> Shut up, Brian. That's what we do on the show. <laughs> That's my favorite response know, anybody's ever had. I'm sorry, I've never listened to You don't know that? Don't know you don't happened. know me. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brian. Thank you. Amanda, you are doing a great job. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're doing your best in, in well, seen circumstances. You know what? I'm not actually. I'm going to own that. I'm not doing my best. <laughs> Just <laughs> showing up by waking up. Well, that's it. I'm waking up. Forty percent. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's your best. Giving myself permission to not do my best right now. There you You go. I think that's a that's a good way to put it. I feel like we should all take a page from that. Kids are surviving. They're clean. Yeah, they may not be learning anything. You may not. No, they're not learning anything. Oh, I had a. I didn't even talk about this, but I know what Wes is going to be like when I have to teach him to drive. Because I had to teach him about, I did his science homework with him. I don't even know if it was science. I don't know what it is. I had to teach him what elevation was. And uh-huh. he basically flicked me off. He didn't do that, but he oh. just was like, oh, okay, you're a teacher now? He called me out and was like, get out of my room and let me do my work. Whoa. And I was like, you're right. And I'm done. And I walked out. Like I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. That's this is not a good story, but no, it, no. It, it was even worse in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of attitude floating around in the pandemic. His his sentence was, he had to use the word elevation in his sentence. And he said, the elevator elevates me. Okay. And I said, okay, elevation is a measurement <laughs> of a body of, like, front of, like we're looking at land from sea level, how high something from that's elevation. And so I was like explaining to him and he was like, well, why don't you write it? Why don't you do it? Oh, and I went, cause I already did this when I was your age and I don't have to do it again. Idiot. I hope you just yelled idiot and then ran out of the room. Yeah. 
I was like, you dumb dumb. And then I ran out. <laughs> What's you funny guys, was I, you explained it until you just explained how you explained it to him. I was like, I thought what he did was right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Who's the idiot now? <laughs> he probably is right. Well, he was like, how about I do it my way? And then you let me do that. And I was like, I think you got a deal, kid. And I walked out of the room. because I was like, I give up. I'm done. You guys, this week for us was uh, spring break, which normally is like, oh, God, we're home for a week with all the kids and there's <laughs> nothing to do. Um, but actually... Uh, this time it was great because we didn't have to teach them and we didn't have any guilt about not teaching them (laughs) or making them do like educational good things. Like because it was spring break, we could finally be like, just fucking look at a screen for a hundred hours. It's fine. Um, And like not feel too guilty about it. And, And I was really bummed to see that vacation is only one week. Like at Christmas time, it's like, three fucking weeks why could that not be now i want three hey, weeks of vacation me. you know what? what's awesome is that they're saying it's gonna come back again so <gasps> wait, just what? you wait because they're saying it'll be back again and it'll be back in the winter so you might good. get your oh. dreams come true i don't that seems like a weird wish <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're saying. They're saying it's coming back in the fall. So I com- I'm done. I'm running away. It's coming back. Brian, do you have anything you would like to promote? What can- where can people see your work? What should they see or follow? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'll be getting up at 5 a.m. Uh, to uh, <laughs> some milk. Are there any TV milk. shows that people should watch? Um, I don't know. I'm watching. What you mean that I that I that I watch or that I work for? Um, that, that maybe you uh, benefit from. Uh... They should watch. Uh, I don't know. We I don't know what the shows are called. There's the one that we call the Jews. What is that one? That's what? the uh, the HBO one about the Nazis. What is that called? The Philip. Are Roth you one. involved in it? No, I like that show. <laughs> you just want um, to talk to uh, Wait. I don't like that Reese Witherspoon one that's on Hulu. Terry <laughs> <laughs> Washington overacts. Um, All right. Uh, so you don't want people to watch you uh, look at you uh, on social media or anything like that? Watch any shows? Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Why not? I don't know. Do it. Follow you on Twitter. Are you at Brian Finkelstein? Sorry, there's a helicopter going over because I'm standing outside my garage. Um, can you hear the helicopter? Yeah. Uh, it's B.S. Finkelstein. B.S. Finkelstein. Okay. Yes, yeah, at B.S. Finkelstein on Twitter, yes. Hey, if you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review it. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Like our Facebook page. Join our Facebook group. Uh, send us your shit shows. And buy some merch. We've got super cool merch. And all of this information is in the description of this episode. Kaka. Copy with your shit show. Four two four two seven nine eight eight four. Copy with your shit show. Four two four two seven nine eight eight four. Copy with your shit show. Four two four two seven nine eight eight four two. Miss Amanda, will you take us home, please?
I don't even know. I don't know where home is anymore. Right? Uh, home. <laughs> the place we never leave. Yeah. I mean, it, it, at this, I don't know, Betsy. You want to help me with this one this week? Uh, you might you know, find yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you might find yourself uh, out of your mind uh-huh. uh, with a four-year-old who never leaves you alone with a great deal of guilt. Yeah. Or or stuck in the walls of your house <laughs> realizing that uh all you want to do is leave. That's yeah. not a that's just life. Yeah. Or leave. Leave. <laughs> just or you leave. might find yourself with a lovely widow baby with amazing hair and everything's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny that that's me all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) So cynical. It's good. Now Um, that you know what, no matter what, you're doing a great job. My mommy drinks. Hi, we're Eliza, Allison, and Carlin, and we're the hosts of Resolved Mysteries Podcast. Our podcast follows the 80s and 90s television show Unsolved Mysteries, hosted by Robert Stack. We have a love for true crime and the unsolved. If you don't remember Unsolved Mysteries, we forgive you, but you don't have to know to get into our show. If you like true crime stuff, ghost stuff, alien stuff, or just stories about weird shit like Bigfoot, this is your podcast. The stories we cover range from totally ridiculous to truly heartbreaking. We do detailed research on all of the segments that Unsolved Mysteries aired, then drink some wine and give you the latest updates on every case. We talk about stories that will leave you laughing, crying, and occasionally outraged. Resolve Mysteries podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite pods. Join us and perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. Campfire. 